All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a Tuesday, January 17th edition of Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. I'm Frank Saravalli. Mike, what's going on? Man, I'm feeling it. You know, come back from a great youth tournament at Wisconsin Dells. Kids had fun. Parents had fun. It was everything you could hope for in youth hockey. So I hope you had just as good of a MLK weekend. I know you were a little bit busier than I was yesterday. So we're back at it today. Yeah, it ain't no holiday for me. I have plenty of work to go around. Plenty. We did a show yesterday. So lots going on. Right. Uh, wanted to ask you, did you get some cheese curds? Yeah, we got some pizza cheese curds. I also bought six and a half pounds of brick cheese because I use it for my Detroit style pizzas. So I load it up. What is pizza? Oh, okay. So you're just taking the curds and you're going to put them on pizza. Is that what you're saying? Uh, this is actually a specialty item. Uh, the cheese okay. curds have like ma- marinara, like mozzarella mixed in. So they're supposed to taste like pizza. I'm going to find oh. out. Okay. Well, you're going to need to report back on that. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's throw two minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds up on the clock and let's talk a little bit of hockey because you're making me hungry. And let's start with the Vancouver Canucks, who are also the subject of our deadline countdown series. Now that we have a little bit more information, that story will be going up on dailyfaceoff.com later today. One story every day leading up to the trade deadline, a complete profile of the Vancouver Canucks and where they stand as clear sellers at the deadline. And Mike, for a press conference that was called to really discuss the injury and the process behind Tanner Pearson and what's going on with his multiple hand surgeries and the comments stemming from Quinn Hughes, 
really turned into kind of a Q&A with Canucks president of Hockey Ops, Jim Rutherford, on a whole host of different fronts, including the future of Bo Horvat. What happens as far as the Canucks posture moving forward? Is this a rebuild? He said he would prefer to call it a retool and also said that the Canucks need major surgery and multiple pieces of this core will not be here moving forward. What part of that entire press conference caught your eye? Well, there was a lot. And you're right. I mean, that was a 25-minute presser. And and good on Jim Rutherford for standing in and saying, hey, I'll take everything. I appreciated that part of it. But um, I mean, first and foremost, just how he addressed Bruce Boudreaux. He's our coach now. Uh, and then Rutherford admitted to speaking to other people in case they went to make a change. That really stood out to me to just be that forward about the process. Um, Do you but see anything really wrong with my, that? No, I just, I'm just surprised it's public. That's all it is. I mean, I think it's probably out there. Um, so it just caught my eye. I, I don't think that's how I would have done it. That's just my opinion on it. But um, the other part that really you know, noticed was that, hey, we've been trying to move contracts. There's no deals to be made. So what are we going to do? We're in a pickle. Basically said, if he can't move contracts, they're going to buy players out. And he mentioned that in the multiple uh, in multiples, Frank. So, you know, you kind of have to look between the cross crosshairs at players that might be in that realm. I mean, are we talking about Ekman, Larson, Besser, Garland? Who is he considering for buyouts if they can't trade them? And why can't these trades be made? Is it just that difficult to market? He kept alluding to the cap going up. Um, and then he even said, you know, hey, we made a fair offer at Bo Horvat for what he'd done before, but not this year. And I was like, oh, this is your captain, man. <laughs> so um, basically, they're tied to JT Miller, and we don't know what else is going to happen there. Yeah, he also downplayed the JT Miller deal, saying it's going to have no impact with the cap going up on the future of the Canucks and where they go next. The problem is it's certainly hammed up their ability and what they can do now and probably next year in terms of that salary cap puzzle and putting it all together. So many fascinating items to pick through. And as I said, we'll have more for you on dailyfaceoff.com later today. Some news this morning. Evander Kane is expected to return to the Edmonton Oilers lineup, as I reported this morning. And in order to make the Oilers cap compliant, that means that Kyler Yamamoto will be placed on LTIR retroactive to January 11th. That means that he is eligible to return to the Oilers lineup up on February 12th. We'll have more on the Oilers cap situation coming up later in the show and icebreakers, but the Oilers get their guy back. They've survived the last three months or so uh, without Evander Kane, uh, who comes back pretty quickly after that gruesome skate cut injury suffered November 8th in Tampa Bay. We all remember the scene and how scary that was. And for a guy that I believe is truly the perfect stylistic fit to play with numbers 97 and 29, the Oilers have sort of had their ups and downs and roller coaster season. And I guess, Mike, they're hoping that at this point, getting Kane back plus some lulls in their schedule will allow them to take off. A little bit of both. And I think for me, there's a couple things that Kane really brings uh, to the Oilers that they need. And the first off is that he's just got that grit and physical presence that every team could use more of. I remember covering that team and being between the benches and playoffs last year. And Kane is the first person at the edge of the bench, constantly yapping at the other team. He's physically brings that part of it. And that filters into what I think the Oilers really need to fix is what they've done on home ice, especially recently. They've lost six of the last times there. And you look at how good they've been when Kane is in the lineup on home ice. And take it this way. Here's a great stat about it. Connor McDavid, Evander Kane on the ice together at home since Kane became a member of the Oilers, 38 goals, 4-11 and 11 against Frank. 
Okay, on the road, it goes to 22-4 and 15 against. It just shows how good Kane has been when he's played in Edmonton. And I think that's a sore spot for the Oilers. They still need help on D. But hey, man, Jack Campbell's played well since he switched his gear out. And and I think for me, Kane just brings um, some roundness to that club they could use up front. And you can never have enough of it. The Oilers 10-11-2 on home ice this season. I believe Jack Campbell is expected to make his fourth consecutive start. To your point, uh, with his equipment change, seems to be going a little bit better there. I wonder if just a small tweak like that can get them back on track. And no better time to do so than when facing off against a Seattle Kraken team that has been white hot the last few weeks. The first team in NHL history to win all seven games on a road trip of seven games or longer that I believe has cemented their spot in the playoffs. And for the Oilers, Mike, the team that has played the least games in the Pacific Division against the Pacific Division. This is one of those opportunities to make hay. There's going to be a lot of these Pacific Division games down the stretch that you must win. Let's talk about the New York Islanders and their grip on a playoff spot, which has been fleeting at times this season. They've been in one, out of one for a while, and now they really seem to be going in the other direction. When you look at the New York Islanders and where they stand with a team that really didn't make very many changes this offseason, essentially decided to bring back the same group that previously had gone to -to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, a group that is probably a little bit long in the tooth with some of the players that they have. Uh, When you look at this group and, and where they stand as we get closer to the deadline, what kind of posture would you take if you were Lou Lamorello? You never really know. As I put in my um, projections uh, and and went through the top objectives for the Eastern Conference this year, Mike, I put the Islanders in their own category of only God and Lou know because he keeps things so close to the vest. But when you look at where this team is at and is 24th in the league in points percentage over the last month or so, should they be a buyer or should they maybe consider selling and trying to reboot? Well, I don't see them selling because that's not lose MO. Uh, but the bottom line is that this team just has too many mid-level bloated contracts of players that some of which are living up to it. Okay, like Barzell, seven million bucks, sure. Nelson, six million, you got it. But you got Bailey, Lee, Beauvillier, Pajot. You can see their contracts here. That's all eating up a ton of cap space. So, you know. How can you move out those players if they're not performing up to the standard? That's the hard part for Lamorello. They will have some cap space with Long Island. Long Island. They could make moves if they would like to, but where's the star power? There's not one player on that team over 15 goals. There's 61 players in the NHL that have scored 16 or more times this season. So that needs to get fixed. But for me, Frank, the biggest thing, they are wasting Ilya Sorokin's performances in net. This guy's allowed one goal in five of his last 11 games. That's what it takes for the Islanders to win. Because December, since December 1st, they're 28th in the league in goals four. They're 10th in that time frame in goals against the 2.76. They are wasting these performances by Sorokin, and they have got to find some offensive power. That's why I think they should be buyers because they have a season from Sorokin who I picked as one of 17 franchise players in the NHL. He's so good and so consistent that to have someone like him backing up your team, you get into the playoffs, you're going to have a shot. And so I think Mm -hmm. the easiest thing to do when you look at that team from a cap perspective, although the goalie market is somewhat thin this year, is to make a move in net. 
put it all on Ilya Sorokin and move out Semyon Varlamov and the $5 million cap hit that he has if you can park it somewhere else and then use those funds to go out and make your team better and try and find a way to get someone to play with Matt Barzell that can put all those pucks in the net that he's putting on his teammates' sticks. So I think that's a, a key point moving forward is try and find some of that cap flexibility somewhere else. You have a strength in net. Put it on the shoulders of Ilya Sorokin. I think he can handle the load. And as you see here, 24th in the league in points percentage since December 1st. They are tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins for the final wild card spot in points. But the Pens have two games in hand. The Islander is going to be a team to watch over the next six-plus weeks to the deadline. Speaking of a team to watch, going in the other direction, and that's the Arizona Coyotes. It's been very quiet. Mike, we were talking about the World Junior Championship ending, and we were saying which teams are actively going to go in the other direction to try and improve their odds in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And you take a look at the Arizona Coyotes today who have quietly racked up a bunch of quality losses. That's nine in a row. They've gone from fifth in the league last year in the lottery odds where the Sharks are now and have gained a point, one percentage point in the fail hard for Bedard sweepstakes. So they're up to nine and a half percent in the lottery odds. You can see those here, the latest as of the games through Monday evening. And when you take a look at the Coyotes, Mike, I don't think they're players are buying into the tank job. No player ever does that. Um, and I think they've actually played really hard for Andre Tournier this season. What do you see when you watch the Coyotes over the last few weeks? Well, like you said, I, I'm a big fan of Andre Tourney. I think he's done the best given what he has. Uh, I mean, I watch the Arizona Coyotes because I love seeing players like uh, Nick Bukestad succeed again in the NHL, you know, scoring, smiling, enjoying his time. But you really got to look for the players that they may move come up to the trade deadline here, right? Shane Gostisbehere is someone who can – he can give you offense on the back – on the blue line if you need it. James, Jacob Chikrin's still out there. I mean, who else could potentially move on from this club? I'm not sure where the value lies beyond some of those that I just mentioned. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure how much they're going to keep losing either, though, Frank. Like – they're seven, six, and two at home at the mullet, man. They got some juice there and they got 26 games left at home. The only problem with that theory, they've lost three straight there. <laughs> they lost to yeah. Pittsburgh, San Jose, and Ottawa. They're not wheelhouses either. And Karel Vomelka's kind of come back down to earth. He's got an 881 save percentage his last eight games. So um I, I really watch the Coyotes and think, man, they've got a couple pieces that they can sell off. They're fun to watch because they play hard, but um it's it's gonna be tough sledding there again for the rest of the season and on into next year. Yeah, the Arizona Coyotes, the only team in the NHL without a wind in calendar year 2023. So 0-4 in the month of January. And you mentioned Carol Vamelka quickly, Mike. His name popped up in some trade rumors over the weekend. Does Vamelka make any sense for you to go to a team to shore up their goaltending, given that you mentioned a swoon in his play of late? Uh, the you know, it's, it's tough behind a team like that. I just think that he's probably still a little bit green for a team to really rely on if you're going for it in playoffs. But I think if you're building towards your future and you're trying to find a goalie for two to three years from now and you trust in your goalie department, Vemelka's got the tools and he's got a pretty agreeable contract. So it'd be worth something considering, I'd say, if you're a mid-pack team looking to build at that position. All right, let's talk trades and the latest with what's going on in the NHL hot stove as we get closer to the NHL trade deadline with this week's edition of Icebreakers. Mm -hmm. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Frank, this is Icebreakers delivered by Montana's and Patrick Kane has been long linked to the New York Rangers as a potential trade deadline fit. But do the Rangers have their eye on any other right wingers who could possibly land in their top six? They do, Mike. And I think everyone's curious what happens with Patrick Kane. I would include the New York Rangers in that group still as well. But they're also doing their due diligence on some others. And I'm told that Timo Meyer of the San Jose Sharks has risen to the very top of their list in terms of potential trade targets and fits for the Rangers. You look at the season that Meyer is having with the Sharks. It's not just Eric Carlson who's having a career year. It's Timo Meyer with 25 goals racked up already to this point in 45 games he's got 45 points he's someone that would add a little bit of heft I think to their top six and if you could plug him in whether it's on the line with Artemi Panarin whether it's you know in another spot uh, with Mika Zibanejad there's certainly a, a place and a spot for Timo Meyer and what he brings to the lineup. I think the one complication I'm told with Patrick Kane, uh, you know, even with a team like New York potentially interested, is that I don't think he wants to go anywhere for a three-month run. I think if he's going to move, he wants to have the idea of a long-term contract extension in place. And that's sort of where things get complicated for the Rangers as you do the math. With someone like Meyer, he has a $10 million qualifying offer that's due to him at the end of this season. I don't think anyone thinks sort of right at this moment, even as he's been a point-per-game player, uh, that this season he's taking a big leap forward from the 75 points that he put up last year to be a $10 million player. So can they come to some sort of long-term uh, contract extension for Timo Meyer under a number that is not just comfortable for Meyer, but also fits the Rangers and their cap scheme moving forward with some of the other younger players that they're going to have to pay in short order? I don't think there's been much happening with Meyer and the Sharks in terms of contract negotiations. I think um, it's certainly front burner for them to try and maximize the return on Timo Meyer. And as I said, the New York Rangers have emer emerged as a prime candidate to land Meyer's services. 
Well, I like that fit. I think he'd fit the ethos of the team under Gerard Gallant. And speaking of Gerard Gallant's ex-team, the Vegas Golden Knights, I got to tell you, man, it was raining in Vegas yesterday hard. And I don't mean just away from the rink because Alec Martinez left Monday's game. He did not return. They're also missing Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud, who are on IR. Brett Howden's out. Uh, But what's going on with Mark Stone? He's been out of the lineup now for a little bit. Do you have any update on him? Yeah, I'm going to – I forgot my stethoscope today, Mike, but uh, Dr. Saravalli does have office hours today. And, uh, yes, uh, Mark Stone, I can say with confidence, is dealing with another back issue. And that has to be scary news for the Vegas Golden Knights and their fans considering what he went through last year with his back injury uh, and the subsequent procedure that he underwent to try and fix things up. Uh, So I think the only fluid part of the situation, Mike, for the Vegas Golden Knights is what exactly is the severity of this back injury? And they're still trying to figure that out. Obviously not a secret that Stone is going to be missing some time. Bruce Cassidy, their coach, was saying that he is week to week. So that's certainly not day to day or anything like that. And where it really begins to get interesting, Mike, is what happens if Mark Stone is going to potentially be out for the rest of the season? I'm not reporting that or saying that that is fact or may happen. But I think if you're looking at the Vegas Golden Knights, who have always been super aggressive when it comes to trying to improve their team, if all of a sudden they have nine plus million dollars in LTIR space to play with, well, then look out because they will be one of the prime teams to watch leading up to the NHL's March 3rd trade deadline. Yeah, and I think they're going to need a little help here, Frank. I mean, that team's uh, 15, 13, and 2 in their last 30 games. They got Seattle and L.A. just two points behind them in the standings out there in Pacific. So, Frank, I could easily see them being pretty aggressive Uh, as you said, heading towards the trade deadline. So uh, another topic to keep an eye on out in the Pacific is Kaylor Yamamoto of the Edmonton Oilers. He's been moved to LTIR, which doesn't fully solve the Oilers' cap issue. It kind of feels like it's just really a Band-Aid covering up a deep cut. So what's next out there in oil country? Well, yeah, I don't know if a deep cut is necessarily needed, but essentially what the Oilers have done is kicked their cap problem down the road. Uh, Yamamoto has been dealing with a multitude of injuries this season. Uh, You can tell with his play and his point production has not quite been right. And so this will give him a chance to not just heal up, but also maybe to mentally reset. As I mentioned, he's eligible to come off of LTIR on February 12th. And so that is the target date to circle because if the Edmonton Oilers remain healthy otherwise to that point, well, then they're going to have to make a corresponding salary cap move then to be cap compliant to continue to ice the same roster. So this does kick the can down the road. And what happens then? The Oilers were preparing for this type of circumstance before Yamamoto was injured on January 11th. Ken Holland, their GM, put some feelers out to the rest of the NHL. Not really a secret that the Oilers would have had to waive one of Derek Ryan Yesipoli-Yarvi or Warren Fogel in order to make the cap situation work. They did make those players available to other teams. And I'm told that the Oilers actually engaged in conversation with a couple teams about someone like Yesipoli-Yarvi. And I think the conversations were actually pretty uh, promising to that front. So 
Uh, Pugliarvi did generate some interest from a handful of teams in the NHL, which is good news for the Oilers as it gets closer to the trade deadline because a lot of people were wondering if the Oilers might have to actually trade an asset in order to move on from Pugliarvi and his $3 million cap hit. Right now, it remains to be seen what kind of cap issues the Oilers have over the next month when Yamamoto does end up getting healthy. But keep in mind, Pugliarvi is potentially an exit ramp for the Oilers to get out of those uh, issues for their cap. So keep an eye on Pugliarvi. He will certainly be on our next trade targets board, Mike. Yeah, a little bit to juggle out there in Edmonton. You never know what will happen next. That'll do it for this week's Icebreakers delivered by Montana's. This season, Montana's is bringing back the viewing party with their new daily deals and comfort menu. Today's Tuesday. That means $5 tacos with the purchase of any beverage. Head on over to montanas.ca for more info. All right, Mike, time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. Hit us up on Twitter. We'd be happy to take yours. And I have a St. Louis Blues-focused question for you. Of Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko, which oddly enough, the Blues have played pretty good without those two guys in the lineup, which of them do you think is more likely to be traded before the March 3rd trade deadline? St. Louis just keeps hanging around, don't they, Frank? Like they're just a couple points out of the wild card spot. They, they got a big win yesterday over Ottawa. So I don't know. I, I my gut feeling says that Tarasenko is probably the more likely to, to of the two to move, even if the team is looking like they have a good chance at playoffs. We've seen Doug Armstrong do it before moving Paul Stastny out previously when the team was kind of in the bubble a couple of years ago. But I think O'Reilly would have more value on the open market. What say you? I think that's a great read of the situation. I think O'Reilly does have more value. There's no question about that with the complete nature of his game and the leadership factor and the playoff success, you know, being a Conn Smythe Trophy winner. That's exactly the type of guy with his pain in the ass approach to play against that teams would crave at the deadline. Uh, that would also be a big thing to take out of the Blues lineup if you were to get to that point, if this team is still hanging around. But Doug Armstrong has shown in the past that he's not afraid to do it. The trade request from Tarasenko has never been rescinded. He also holds some of the cards because he has a full no trade clause and can say no to any trade that might pop up. So um, I do think the Blues will try and find a market for Tarasenko. I don't know how big it is at that cap hit and, and the gymnastics that would be required in order to make something like that happen. And I I think teams are also curious to see what's going on with that hand injury as well. What does he look like on his way back from that? So um, I do think that you're right and that Tarasenko is probably the more likely of the two. But with where the Blues are at in the standings, I don't know that I'm a huge believer in either the Blues or the Preds. Don't expect either one to roll over, but probably some surgery required as they continue to turn over this roster to the guys like Thomas and Cairo and mm -hmm. et cetera, that are in the Blues lineup. So a uh, good read of that situation. We'll keep an eye on all of that over the next 46 days. Mike, that brings us to our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler Remchuk, how'd you do last night, bud? Good. Another profitable night. This uh, shot prop parlay is quickly becoming my favorite thing. Hit it in two of my last three attempts, and they've all been paying plus 140 or better. So I got one of those, but I also have two straight-up plays for this evening's slate. So let's get into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with 
a matchup between the Winnipeg Jets and Montreal Canadiens. The puck line is playing even money, and I love this one. The Canadians put a bunch of players on IR today. They have three wins in their last 10 games. The Jets are the best team in the Western Conference. They have eight wins in their last 10. They've won three in a row. They're rested, so that means I'm banking on a Connor Hellebuck start this evening. Puck line, plus 100. That's my first spot tonight. My second play is the Minnesota-Washington matchup. Washington is on the second of back-to-backs in this game, and they are 1-3-1 and one in back-to-backs so far this season. So just one win in five attempts. I think this line just flat out isn't set right. The Minnesota Wild, yeah, they only have five wins in their last 10 games, but they're above 500 as a road team this year, and I love them at minus 125 on the money line. And finally, my shot prop parlay. Find two players with a line set at one and a half. Parlay them together to get a plus money payout. I am eyeing up Blake Wheeler and Lawson Krause. We'll start with Lawson Krause. He's at the top. He's hit this mark in five of six and 10 of his last 15 games going up against the Red Wings team that gives up a decent amount of shots. And similar line of thinking with Blake Wheeler. Over one and a half, minus 180. He's hit that in 12 of 15 games. And again, Canadians give up. A lot of rubber. So I like both these guys playing in the top six. They each get some power play time as well. Like them both to go over one and a half. Parlayed at plus 141, Frank. There he is, our shot prop king with today's points bet daily bet segment. Thanks to Tyler Remchuk. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, I think fans and teams and players have been pulling their hair out this season, trying to understand goalie interference. I think this season, maybe it's been a little bit more consistent. Uh, Obviously, Mm -hmm. still fresh in my mind is World Junior, although played under different rules with the double IHF. But you noticed something the other day when it comes to goalie interference that you wanted to point out. Yeah, this play between Nathan McKinnon and Vili Huso, I just don't like that this goal was called back. And I know I've always been called a goalie apologist, sticking up for the goalie union. Well, here's the thing, man. If your feet are out in the white ice and Nathan McKinnon comes through in the white ice and makes contact in the white ice, I think he has every right to taking that space. And the crease is there for a reason. That is supposed to be the safe place for a goaltender where we cannot be touched. You you know, you cannot be molested as the puck is coming towards you and you're trying to get in a position to make that save. And that, to me, should be black and white. If you're in the blue and you get touched, just like the double IHF rule even, it's not a goal. This one, Huso's outside of the crease with his right foot. I understand his left foot is in the the paint and it's set, but I just don't like the way this looks, man. Like, the blue paint is enough for goalies, Frank. Stay there, make it easy, put that big force field around the top of the crease, and let's end this. Because to me, Nathan McKinnon deserves to have that ice in front of the net. It's white. It's where he should be. That's what you're taught to do. And I think Huso should be able to stay right at the top of the blue paint and still make that save. Did any of McKinnon running into Huso there look like the accidental on purpose? I could care less if it does. It might. I mean, if you're in the white ice, you're probably hoping you make some contact, you know? But to me, it just, it's, that's the whole point of this. If we just make it kind of really simple that that blue paint, that's your force field. Don't leave it. No problem, you know? Otherwise, you're just going to keep running into these issues in gray area. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. Keep uh, some goalies in, uh, in that force field, not just in the blue paint, but I hate the trapezoid in general. But if a goalie comes out and plays the puck in the trapezoid, which is where he's allowed, You can't hit him, but if he wants to come out and play the puck outside of that, well, then you should be able to absolutely smoke him. That's my thought. What do you think? 
I very much disagree with you on that, but we do need to end the show. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. That's all the time we have for Daily Faceoff Live. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. Thanks to Mike McKenna, Tyler Remchuk, and our head of production, Alex Lard. We'll be back with you 12 noon Eastern on Wednesday. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.